Hallelujah. Hey, we raise the hallelujah. Amen. No matter what is before us, we praise God. Amen. And it's an exciting morning. We've got about 17 people who are going to be baptized. They're going to be buried and brought back to life again. That's a symbolism of baptism. And we're looking so much forward to that. And we trust everyone will have a great time. Um, we're going to continue with our series as well. You asked for it. And uh, this morning, the theme that you asked for that you're addressing today is the whole matter of my calling and purpose. There was a request to talk about that, and many people, they struggle with this, my calling and purpose. I wonder, I wonder how many of you knew exactly what you wanted to do when you were 12 years old? I'm going to be a policeman, I'm going to be a fireman, I'm going to be a teacher, I'm going to be dot, dot, dot. And by the time you got to 18, and you changed your mind, by the time you got to 25... How about now? How about after 50? Some of you don't know what I'm talking about because you're too young. But the fact is, there is always this desire, man, I wish I knew what my purpose in life is. And today I have a very short time to talk about a very lengthy topic. But I'm going to try and be brief. And all I'm going to do today is touch on a, a few basic things and maybe destroy a myth or two, Okay. Very often, calling is associated to calling in ministry. Do you have a calling? Usually means, are you called to be a pastor, a missionary, you know? What? A, a teacher, an elder. It's usually got to do with something in the church. That's a myth. Okay? Because it, what, what you're saying is this. <laughs> if I'm not called... To do a church thing, that means I'm, whew, I'm off the hook. <laughs> I'm not called. Meaning I can do whatever I like, right? Because God didn't call me. He called you. <laughs> Poor you, pastor, preacher, church guy. I'm here to blow that thing away and say, hey, no matter what you do, you are called by God. God calls everyone. As you're going to find out as we progress this morning the next 5, 10 or 90 minutes, no. uh, we're going to find out very quickly uh, that all of us are called. It's not just for the, for the preachers and for the church people. Amen. As Christians, it is our firm belief. Listen carefully. It is our firm belief as Christians that our lives have purpose and meaning. Okay, make a note of that. Every believer, as Christians, we believe that our lives, no matter what you do, no matter who you are, our lives have purpose and meaning. Look at Ephesians 10, uh, 2 verse 10. Ephesians 2 verse 10, it says, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And that we is not just apostles, prophets, preachers, and missionaries. That we is every believer. It's you. Just elbow somebody next to you and say, hey, he's talking about you. Do it. (laughs) It, the word says, we are His workmanship. We are created, designed by Him, created in Christ Jesus for good works. So every time people out there do dumb things, do bad works, do stupid stuff, 
They are not doing what God created them to do. They are not fulfilling their purpose. Every time you do good works, something that honors God, that serves people, then you are doing something. So the word teaches that before the universe was created, God was thinking of us. Amen. And he had a plan and a purpose for us. Check Psalm 139, 16. Your eyes saw me when I was only a fetus. Every day of my life was recorded in your book before one, one of them had taken... I mean, this is scary, guys. My mom didn't even know she was pregnant. Meantime, God has written the book of my life. Every single day is there. Whoa, spooky. But that's God, you see. Because he created it with a purpose. All right? So God has a book on my life. So how come? How come? How come? You see, we believe that life has purpose and meaning because life was designed and created by an intelligent God. We don't believe that we evolved over time from a cosmic soup until we became human beings. We believe the loving God, an intelligent God, designed the universe and then created us. Now listen, guys. Whenever somebody designs something, everything that is designed has purpose. Look around this room. Every single thing you see here has been designed by some intelligent, I don't know, engineers, whatever. And every single thing has been designed with a specific purpose. From this jacuzzi to the cameras, the speakers, the instruments, everything has been designed and every one of them fulfills a specific purpose. Now, why wouldn't an intelligent God create us and leave us at random? We are created with purpose as well. And so that's what we see over here. God, he created us with purpose. Our days are recorded in his book. And so how come so many of us wander through life aimlessly, not knowing what our purpose or calling is, trying this and, and trying that and never feeling complete or fulfilled? Why does it happen then, including to some of us Christians, many of us Christians? We still struggle with that. Why is it? The answer is that God in creation gave man a powerful but dangerous gift. It's called free will. And with free will, that means man can choose to live in fellowship with God or to do life in his own terms. And early in creation, man chose to do the latter, to do life on his own terms and not allow God to show him what is right and wrong and teach him the way. Thousands of years later, here we are, this problem has compounded. And when you don't walk in fellowship with God, when you don't allow him to teach you about his universe, you steer away from the plans he had for you. Your life steers away from the book he has written for you. Your life steers away from the purposes that God has created us for. And we find ourselves trying everything and not feeling complete, not feeling fulfilled, because you are not fulfilling our purpose. It's like a camera trying to behave like a guitar. Frustrating. Or trying to take a photo with your jacuzzi. 
You know how frustrating that is? Because we are missing God's purpose. The compound distance between man and God. So it's not always easy or quickly for us to find our calling and purpose. In fact, very few people in scripture knew early on in life what their purpose was. A man like Samuel, from young, he knew he had been set aside for God. A man like Samson, soon after he was born, he knew there's a purpose for his life. In the New Testament, John, he knew from his mother's womb there's a calling on his life. Of course, Jesus, of course. But most of the other men and women in the Bible, their purpose, they found out later. As they were doing life, they began to discover their purpose. Abraham, Moses, David, so many people, the Apostle Paul, they all found out later what the actual purpose was. Because our purpose evolves. Our calling evolves. Man, it would be so nice. If I say, God, what do you want to do in my life? And he sent me a registered letter. Or he wrote something on the wall, you know. Or an angel came to see me and said, Valdir, this is the purpose of your life. Now go and do it. Or he gave me a dream. Now, God can do this. And in the Bible, he's done that. There's been visitations, there's been dreams, so many ways that God can speak with us, and He can, and He does sometimes, but most of the time, that's not the way He works. We have to seek, we have to be alert, we have to watch out for certain things. And one of the things we need to realize is that we have all been given gifts, and these gifts, they steer our preferences and choices. Each one of us has a unique combination of various gifts. One such list of gifts is Romans 12. We call it the motivational gifts. God in his kindness gave each of us different gifts. Your gift is, if your gift is speaking God's word, make sure what you say agrees with the Christian faith. If your gift is serving, then devote yourself to serving. If it is teaching, devote yourself to teaching. If it is encouraging others, devote yourself to giving encouragement. If it is sharing, be generous. If it is leadership, lead enthusiastically. If it is helping people in need, help them cheerfully. And now listen, everyone sitting over this morning, no matter how young or older you are, we all have a mix of these seven gifts in us, with one or two of them very prominent, gifts and then the others surrounding us. The gift, first one is communication or prophecy or the ability to communicate. Some people love just communicating, talking to people, sharing stuff. Other other people are dead scared of doing it because it's not their gift. Some people are very good at serving. Man, they, they cannot help themselves. They want to serve. They want to help. Some people are good at teaching. They love digging into stuff and getting information and then, and then bring it out in a way that's easily understandable to others. It's a gift. Some people are encouragers and motivators. They just have this gift. They're able to come into a situation and start speaking and saying things that people feel encouraged and uplifted. And uh, you like to hang around some of those people. It's a gift. Some people have the gift of generosity. They love giving. And it's not only because they've got lots of money. You don't have to have lots of money to be a giver. You can give of anything. You give money, time, talent, stuff. And and some people, they just love giving. If they could, they'd give everything away because they love giving so much. Often some of those people do have an ability to generate 
money or funds or stuff as well. But the fact is, it's a gift. They just do it without thinking because they love it so much. Others have the gift of leadership. They're able to come into a situation and quickly they realize, hey, this needs to be done. Won't you do this? And will you please with that? And you come and you can help with this. They can see the picture and they know what to do. Not everybody has that gift. Some people walk into a situation, they get confused because they don't have that gift. You see, and that's why we need each other. Some have the gift of mercy, helping others. They're able to, to feel the emotions of other people, they're able to connect with others, and they're able to empathize and sympathize and, and be around them and, and help them forward. These are all different individual gifts, and we all have a mixture of them. And the earlier in life we discover what our gift is, it will steer because you see your choices, the choices you make in terms of the job you do and the things you do, your hobbies, your pastimes, and so forth, it's all linked to these motivational gifts. And there are other lists of gifts in the Bible. There are ministry gifts, there are gifts of the Holy Spirit, and a whole bunch of other gifts. And we are this mixture of gifts that God has implanted in us. And because the mixture is different, we are all different. And the thing is, very often, you don't realize the gift you've got. It's so much easier for us to realize the gift in somebody else than in ours. And you often find yourself looking at someone and saying, Oh man, I wish I could do what she does. Man, look at him. He makes, I wish I could do what he does. Why? Because your gift comes naturally to you. You don't have to work at it. And it comes so naturally that you don't realize it. But you notice the other person's gift, the gift you don't have, you notice it because it fascinates you. Because you don't do that. You can't do that. And so many times says, ah, I want to be like that. Meantime, that other person is looking back at you and saying, wow, I wish I was like him. I wish I was like her. So the trick is not trying to become like somebody else. It is to identify what your gift is and develop that. Learn how to use the gift you've got effectively. That is one of the main ways in which you begin to find your purpose and calling. Now there's a myth which I need to debunk here very quickly. Look at this. Calling is not about church or religious work, but about honoring God and serving people in whatever you do. Write this down. Put it in your mirror, in your car mirror, in your office, and get this into our heads. Because calling is not, that term, clergy laity, was a fabrication of the church hundreds of years ago that separates the bishops and the priests and the reverends from the normal people down here which do day-to-day -day work. And they said, those guys have the calling and you guys must just love, okay? Lie. And so many Christians have felt left out because they don't have the calling. Guys, it's a myth. Calling is not just about church or religious work, but about honoring God and serving people in whatever you do. You can honor God and serve people by being a pastor or by being a plumber. You can be a minister or a mechanic. Both need the anointing of God to honor God in what they do and to serve people. 
Everything we do in our lives should be understood as a calling of God. Imagine if our politicians understood that during the past 10 years. Imagine if they used their job, their authority, their power to honor God and serve the people. Instead of honoring their preferences and serving themselves. But that goes for any job out there. And unfortunately, it has even crept into the church where people are not honoring God nor serving others. It's all about me, 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 me. What's in it for me? What am I going to get out of it? Listen, guys, that's the worst kind of life. No wonder people feel unfulfilled. Because you see, it's when you honor God and serve others that you truly feel fulfilled. There's no greater joy than doing something that serves people. Doing a job well done brings great satisfaction. Amen? It takes discovering and using your gifts. It brings joy to the Lord when he sees you using your gifts and your potential. Like a very fast Olympic runner said long ago, when I run, I feel his pleasure. He understood that it was God's gift given to him that made him fast. And he used it for God's glory. And he served others by doing that. Only about 2 to 3% of believers work in the church. Most believers work in a variety of fields in society. Each of these jobs need people there to glorify God and serve others. Amen? Colossians 3.17 says, Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God. Whatever you do. It doesn't say, when you preach, when you do missions, do it unto the Lord. No, whatever you do. Are you going to have a bride today? Do it unto the Lord. How can you do that? Do it with joy. Do it with gratitude. As you start making that fire and bringing the meat out, do a good job of it. And be grateful to God. And serve those around you well. Okay? Don't do like I do sometimes. I burn the meat. Don't do that. That's not good. That's not serving well. Serve well, okay. And watch the joy as you serve the people. And you see, your very breathing is a gift of God. So use every moment of life to worship Him, to glorify Him, and to serve others. As you go to work tomorrow, ah, Nia, here we go again, that boss. No, 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 no. Change your attitude. I'm going to go there, I'm going to glorify God. In spite of that boss and that client and that this, I'm going to glorify God and I'm going to serve somebody today. I'm going to give them the best work I can do. I'm going to make a difference in their lives today. That's a calling. That's a ministry. That's honoring God and serving people. And when you do that, it's going to bring you joy. And the fulfillment of God's calling in your life. So how do you find your calling? Your calling evolves over time. And, and you can even, you can even change over time. I started one way, landed up another. But in, in both things I did, both in my so-called secular job and, and church work, I, I did it with joy. And I did it to, to my best of my ability to honor God in what I did. I didn't cut corners. I didn't cheat. I didn't, you know, I wasn't a rascal. I tried to serve well my, my, my working situation, clients, and so forth. And it was good. brought me joy. And in ministry, the same thing. 
But it is a process. Some people will do the same things their whole life. Other people do 10 different things. Doesn't matter. What, what is important is that you understand what God's called, that you follow Him, that you're connected with Him. And hearing very briefly are a few things which will help you and help your call to evolve. And there it is. You see, your call and purpose evolves. It is a sum of your experiences. That's why when you're very young, you're going to do 25 different things. But then as life happens, as you try this and you try that, you realize, "Mm, not as much fun as I thought. Let me try this now. And it's okay. Because you see, every time you try something, you get what? Experience. And you learn some things. You learn what you like and you learn what you don't like. You learn what you're good at. You learn what you're not good at. Make a note of these things. It's a product of your passion and inclination. It encompasses your natural abilities and talents. It depends heavily on your knowledge of the word, your prayer life, and your ability to hear, to be spirit-led. The things we've been talking about these past weeks. That's very important. Because some things are written in the Bible. There are some callings. It's there. It's in black and white. It's in the word. But other things, it's not in the word. When I had to leave my, my employment to go into full-time ministry, I, I looked in my Bible. I didn't find any verse that said, Valdir, the time is now. It wasn't in my Bible. I looked for it. It wasn't there. So how did I know? I had to learn to hear the Lord. And you are speaking to me in my spirit through significant people around me through circumstances, and because I was connected with him in the word, in the spirit, and so forth, I was able to discern this is the time is now. And so it is in your life, in all of our lives. We need to be alert. It is very important to hear. And then finally, start by answering God's general callings and your individual calling and purpose will emerge. This is how it begins. The word of God has callings upon our lives. As you read the word, that's why it's important to know the word and to be in, in prayer and listen to God because as you know and grow in the knowledge of the word, you're going to find out God is calling you. It's time to do this. It's time to do that. These things are general callings. And every time you respond and you obey those general callings, it makes it easier for you to find your specific purpose and calling in life. Every time you say no, you reject, you delay what God is calling you to do, you are delaying discovering your purpose and ministry in life. Amen? So as you attend church, read your Bibles, spend time in prayer and reflection, listen to the Lord, you will realize that there are many things God calls all of us to do. If we do not respond to these general callings, we may never find our specific calling. We are all called to be holy. When the Bible says, be holy like I am holy, it's not talking only to preachers. It's talking to all of us. We all need to kind of get rid of stuff and save our lives and be called. We are all called to trust Jesus as only Lord and Savior. We are all called to be disciples. Not just saved, but learn to live the ways of the Lord. We are all called to tell others about the gospel, about Jesus. All couples should be married and not just live together. No matter how popular it is. It's a calling. We are all called to love and forgive. 
oh no, pastor, isn't the forgiveness only for the good guys, the good Christians? No, for every believer. It's tough. I know it's tough. But remember, it's not your calling. It's God's calling. Everything God calls you to do, he'll be right with you to help you to do it, no matter how difficult it might seem to you. And that's why it's God's calling. If you could do it on your own, you don't need God. But when you respond to his calling, he's right there with the Holy Spirit and the whole angelic house is there with you to help you do what he has called you to do. And out of that, your specific calling and purpose will emerge. What was the last thing you felt God calling you to do and you did not do? And maybe it's still stuck in the back of your mind. Uh, should I, should I, should I, should I? Go back and do it if it's possible. If not, just ask God to forgive you and ask him to give you the next assignment and do that. Whether he speaks to you from the word of God, whether you hear something in a message that touches your heart, whether you become aware of some situation and you feel in your spirit, I've got to do something about this. It's a calling of God. Respond. Do it. And every time you do, it brings you closer to that. What is happening here today, this baptism service, is a result of people responding to the general call to be baptized after believing. Jesus said, believe and be baptized. It was not a suggestion. It was a calling. A command, if you will. He said you must respond to that. Why? Because when you, when, you, when, you, when you respond to the school, you're doing three things. Number one, there's a declaration. You're declaring that you are a follower of Jesus Christ. Accepting the Lord quietly, committing your life to Him is good. But I've seen people, I've met people, they sit in a meeting like this and then in the end we have a prayer and there's maybe music playing. It says, come on, give a love to Jesus. And, and, and they go, oh, yes, yes, I give a love to Jesus, I give a love to you. And then during the week I go and talk to them and they said, oh no, I was just feeling very emotional on Sunday. I didn't really mean that. Oh, really? Okay. But you see, baptism is different. You don't just find yourself in the waters. It takes some effort to get here. It is time, this preparation. You know what you're doing when you get inside you, amen? And you see, this is a declaration. I believe in Jesus Christ. My faith is in him, and therefore, I'm following his instruction to be baptized. It's a declaration. It is also an identification. Because when you get baptized, you identify yourself with the death burial, and resurrection of Jesus. That's what I said earlier on. We're going to bury some people here today. Because through baptism, we identify with what Jesus did on the cross all those years ago. Romans 6, 4 says, We were buried before with him through baptism into death. Just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we also might walk in newness of life. So symbolically, we are showing that you have died to your old self. We are bearing the old self. And the new self is raising up to newness of life. You are reminding ourselves that Jesus died, was buried, but rose again. We are declaring that if we live long enough, we're going to die and you're going to be buried. But one day, we're going to be resurrected and live with the Lord forever. Amen identification. And finally, it's an act of obedience. Why am I doing it? Just because Jesus said. I trust him. And if I trust him with my life, I've got to trust him in whatever he says. And he said, do it. Jesus didn't have to be baptized, did he? 
He's the son of God. But he was baptized. He, did, he said, I'm do, let's do it as an example. And his cousin said, but Jesus, you, you don't, I know I don't need, but just do it, okay? This is the right thing. Be an example for the others. Now, we don't need to be baptized to be saved. We are saved by faith in Jesus. This water doesn't save anybody. It just makes you wet. That's all. When you get out of here, you're going to be wet. That's all you're going to be. But you're going to get wet because you are saved. And it's an act of obedience. Jesus did it. He told me to do it. I'm going to do it. End of story. And listen. The more you obey God's general callings, the clearer your specific calling will be. May all of us be responsive to God's callings. And as we learn to hear Him, trust Him, and obey Him in all the callings He has for us, may our confidence will grow and His will and purpose will become clearer and clearer to us. Amen? May God bless you as you pursue this journey in finding your ultimate purpose and goal. But in the meantime, do what you do now. The Word of God says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. In Ecclesiastes 9.10. So do it with all your might. Amen. God bless you. Amen.